Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm, East Tennessee's premier DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury law firm. Before you say guilty, say Garza. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. You can get in touch with someone either via the chat room, the chat services, or on the phone 24-7-365. That means at any time, day or night, if you find yourself needing a lawyer, you're going to want a lawyer you can trust. Marcos Garza and his team will do their best to get you the best result possible. GarzaLaw.com. We talk on this episode about losing to Kentucky, about beating Mississippi State, about the shit show that's going on at Florida. It's a pretty good pod. Let's get to it. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It's Thursday, January 19th. Sorry for the uh, day delay. Seth joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Good to hear your voice as usual. Yeah, yeah, you know you're the highlight of my week almost every week, my friends. Thank you. I hope you're well. Likewise. I'm okay. Nothing really to complain about. 19 days into the new year. How's your 2023 going? It's going well. It's going well. Yeah? Great weather today. Great weather this week. Hasn't been too cold. Today's been very pretty in Tennessee. It's... It's windy though, very windy today. Yeah, it's it's really windy here too, but it's almost seventy degrees. So if it's almost seventy degrees in January, you'll take it. Yeah, I wore a t-shirt and shorts today. You can't beat it. I mean, you you can't beat it. You can't beat wearing a t-shirt and shorts in January. I'm hoping that it's gonna stay that way and that we're not gonna get like a really really harsh winter here in a little bit. Like it's kind of tricked us into thinking we're over winter. Uh, I'm always a little. Worried about that. February sucks. Yeah. Well, luckily, it's the shortest month of the year, am I right? <laughs> you don't have to worry about February for too long, only 28 days. Unless it's a leap year, but it's not a leap year this year. So since we last talked, we choked against Kentucky and looked shitty against Mississippi State for about 16 minutes. And then looked like a really good basketball team the other 24 minutes. Where are you at right now? Uh, I mean, I think that uh, they're always going to have these bizarre offensive stretches, unfortunately. This group of players is, unfortunately. And that... Um, 
they just happen. I think the the most disappointing thing to me about the Kentucky game, besides losing, was that like Kentucky played harder and was tougher, and Kentucky hadn't really been doing either of those things. There was zero reason for them to. Like, it's one thing if Tennessee just can't get a three to go down. I felt like Tennessee had about five different threes that went in and out, not to mention the layups that we missed. But Kentucky played harder. Well, their season was on the line. So I, I, I will say at least they get a little bit of a – I don't want to say a pass or for that or whatever, but it was at least a little understandable or justifiable that everything was on the line for them on on Saturday. Yeah. But – no, I mean, it's extremely disappointing to lose to that Kentucky team at home with the seniors that we have. It's Chris Lofton's jersey retirement. Um, there's no excuse for it. I mean, I still I can't believe we lost, even though during it I expected to lose. Like, I just thought we were going to lose after the game got going for a while just because we never just – and everything was just so – it took so much work. You know, it was just like getting a basket was an act of Congress. I won't say that I thought we were going to lose the entire game. I thought we were about to blow it open when we were up two, and then Bescovy missed that open three in transition. I thought we were about to hit that and just go on a huge run. Then Kentucky came down and hit a three, and I was like, okay, well, here we go. Going to be a dogfight. Late in the game, we're down eight. We get the the flagrant call on Vescovy. He gets to shoot two free throws. So I'm like, even then, I was like, okay, we're going to find a way to pull this out. And then we just kept missing layup after layup, mostly by Zakai, which was pretty frustrating. And as far as like our offensive woes go, at least on against Kentucky, a little understandable. Like, hey, sometimes you just can't shoot. Vescovy gets hurt. I think bothered his shot. I think stats by Will said he was 0 for 4 after he got banged up and looked like he hurt his shoulder. Zakai missed wide open layups. I don't blame that necessarily on the offense going on a lull as much as just not hitting shots. And then for Mississippi State, you're out two starters. I mean, you're out your two starting guards. So, like, Mississippi State does have a good defense. I didn't watch the first half. I was watching uh, LeBron James's movie House Party, and I had it DVR'd at home waiting for me. But by the time I got home, or when I got home, the TV was actually already on the game, so I knew what the score was. And there was, like, 12 minutes in the second half, so I was like, well – Guess it'd be kind of dumb to go watch the rest of the game now because I know no matter what, this is going to end up with us being tied with the 12-minute mark or whatever. So I didn't necessarily see the slow start on uh, Tuesday night, but to me, it, whenever you're down some starters playing against a good defense on the road, uh, it happens. We definitely broke out of it in the second half. Yeah, the Kentucky game, I agree totally. It's like they just couldn't buy a three. Josiah and Santi kept having threes just go in and out, in and out. Zakai missed three or four layups. Josiah missed the layup. Santi missed the free throw. Yeah. Yeah, missing the one-on-one. One that's when I let out the biggest groan, I think, is when he missed the yeah. front end of a one-on-one. One. Like, really, bro? Really? So, like, I don't really blame it on our offensive, like, philosophy or anything either. It's just, like, this team is going to have some stretches where they just kind of – it's a struggle to score. Are you not going to ask me how house party was? How was it? Nah, it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. I, I didn't even know he had a movie. Yeah, yeah, they throw a house party at his house. They're cleaning houses, and then they realize they're in LeBron's house, so then they throw a house party. Ah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, because they needed some money, and they're like, we'll sell tickets to the party, and everyone will come because it's LeBron's party. Which a lot of people did come, but hijinks ensued. 
Yeah. My biggest problem with this basketball team right now is kind of what we had talked about maybe last week or two weeks ago. And it reared its head in both of these games, I thought, but we just don't have a go-to score. That that was more so in the Kentucky game. Mississippi State, we had guys step up and hit shots, especially in the second half. I thought against Kentucky, it was clear we just don't have a go-to score. And it can't be Zakai because he's not good enough at finishing. It was at Mississippi State when he's bombing three. So, you know, it was pointed out in the Discord that, you know, we really switched to a pick-and-roll offense in that game. And Zakai was able to just bomb threes whenever they're going under the under the screen. So that was nice. When Zakai is on, when Zakai is on and he's feeling I will take him alongside anybody in the conference in terms of ways to flip a game over as quickly as possible. Like when he gets hot, he just doesn't miss. Like he just he it's unbelievable to me. And usually when he's at his best, he's also making plays defensively too. Yeah. So like you said, it completely flips a game. I thought Mississippi State that for like the first <clears throat> 15 minutes, not all of the first half, but like the first 15 minutes, he tried to win the game for his team single-handedly. And if Key was healthy, like Zakai gets pulled. Now, I think it might be a good thing that neither Zakai nor Santi were healthy because Rick couldn't pull Zakai. He just had to let him work through it. And then when he calmed down, he ended up winning the game for his team almost single-handedly because he just started creating and hitting shots. It was like once he just relaxed a little bit, then it was over. Because, I mean, he was feeding people. He was just bombing threes, like you said. And I think it might even be good that Santi was out just because it made Julian Phillips shoot the ball. Yeah, that's the Julian Phillips we need if we're going to get to the Final Four and maybe win a national championship. It's like the very first play of the game, I think, maybe the second possession, they gave it to Julian, and he, no hesitation, pulled up from three. And I think he rimmed it out. But it like went in and out, and it was just like, it was a really good shot. He has a really pretty shot. He has a good shot. He ended up hitting two more threes. And it was like he just... For the first time, like the last time I felt like this about him was the USC game in the Bahamas where he was the best player on the court. I felt like that again. It was like that again Tuesday night. It was just like, we, he just needs to keep doing that. I mean, I, I don't, he needs to not be, he needs to not cede the ground to, to Santi. Like Julian needs to do his thing. They can both do their things. And hopefully that switch has been flipped. Earlier in the year, he was playing it that way. Like, I mean, go back and watch the USC game. He dominated that game. He was awesome. He was awesome against Butler and USC. Now, he, he wasn't great against Kansas, but to be fair, Grady Dick, I think that was the other the, their freshman's name that he was matched up against, like, he didn't do anything either. They were both nullified. It wasn't like one freshman was amazing and ours wasn't. They neither really did anything. But the other two games in that tournament, he was all he was our best player. I just I I would kind of like to play Saturday without Santi as well. Just to keep getting Julian and Zakai going. Yeah, no, I mean I'm completely fine with that for multiple reasons. The aggressive And to let his soldier heal. Let yeah, his shoulder the, heal. Yeah, the emergence of Phillips is important and also just don't want to deal with a nagging shoulder injury. I, I want 
Santi to be 100%, even if it means dropping a couple games. But we shouldn't drop either of the next two. So if he sets out until Texas, that's completely fine with me. LSU's terrible, and you know Georgia in Neyland shouldn't be – or not in Neyland. No, Georgia in Thompson Bowling shouldn't be that big of a, a challenge. They're better than they have been, but they still shouldn't be a challenge. No, I mean, LSU's pretty bad. I mean, pretty bad. They're really bad. I know we go on the road there, but, man, they're bad. It's crazy that just bringing a team from Murray State hasn't worked well in the SEC. Yeah, no kidding. Especially, uh, you know, I don't know if he even brought all of his best players from Murray State. And like Murray State, they're getting like drubbed in the OVC this year, right? Are they having pain? I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard that the other night. Like life's been pretty tough for them in the, I mean, in the MVC. They moved up to the MVC. They moved up from Ohio Valley to Missouri Valley, I think. Maybe I might be totally wrong. Who knows? But yeah, I just kind of had the feeling. That's just kind of what I've been thinking the last couple of ever since the game was I would kind of like to play Saturday without Santi because his shoulder, let it get totally healed and then just let Julian be the guy again. I think I think we all benefit from that. I think everyone benefits from that. But I mean, I it like as much as as much as like losing to Kentucky sucks. I mean, it doesn't really change much for me. Like, no, you still stood like at number two in the Kimpom rankings and the net ranking. Like you, you didn't really drop any ground. It's been a pretty good week for you, too, in terms of other teams losing that you're competing for the one and two seed with. So, like, Kansas losing at Kansas State was pretty good. You've had some other teams lose in the top ten. You know, I mean, like, I'm looking at shot quality right now. Tennessee sixth in the nation in shot quality. Yeah, no, our our offense isn't, like, a problem. It's just sometimes we don't hit shots. Yeah, because I was trying to look at what, if I could find the – their predicted score of the Tennessee-Kentucky game versus actual score, because I imagine Tennessee wins that game most of the time just on the basis of layups and, and open threes. But they didn't hit them, so they lost. But it doesn't really change much. I mean, it is what it is. Like I said, my, my big concern there is just I'm not sure we have a go-to scorer that I trust, and I'd like for Julian Phillips to become that guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. Football picks up a cornerback transfer from BYU. He was originally at Vanderbilt. What is your, your what is your take on him? Um, do, think, do people think he's going to be a starter, or is he just coming in for depth? I assume he will start. I I saw that tweet of he, he graded out. I've seen a couple of tweets about him on Pro Football Focus last year, which isn't perfect, but, I mean, look, he graded out better than any cornerback on our team last year, considerably so, except for Brandon Turnage, but Brandon Turnage didn't play enough snaps to qualify. He was one of the highest-rated cornerbacks on the West Coast last year. Um, he basically graded out at like an 80, um, which is... I think considered a good player by pro football focus. So, I mean, I assume he starts because I don't think much of what we have. Okay. But I, I really hope Jordan Matthews is one starter. Just start the true freshman. Who cares? But yeah, I think he'll start. What's your level of confidence right now that the defense will be better than it was last year? 
Um, eight, nine, eight out of ten, nine out of ten. High. And it's not really like I don't have much confidence in like Banks or Martinez or whatever, but um, I think that well, I know that Rodney Garner is an amazing coach. Obviously, he gets another year with Tyler Barron and Omari Thomas and and Joshua Josephs. But I also think that Ryan Jean Marie is is a good coach. Um, just because of how much better Aaron Beasley has gotten. So you kept your best linebacker last year because I think it's fair to say Aaron Beasley was the best linebacker on the team last year overall. Um, and you got the big time transfer from BYU at linebacker. I think the front seven will be a lot will be will be like a a, a good deal better. Who would have thought? Who would have thought our most reliable linebacker would have been the guy who defended his food against a cat? Yeah. People were ready to run him off. Yeah, Jeremy Pruitt was right about Aaron Beasley. They were ready to bend the knee to Peta and not let all the facts play out and throw him away like we always do in society. Society is too quick to throw people away. The mob, the mob was ready to come after Brother Beasley for defending himself and his food and his property, something that this country is built on. And now look at him, our most consistent linebacker, our most reliable linebacker. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's undeniable. And I think that, like, maybe you don't think that Peely, Keenan Peely, is better than Jeremy Banks, but he's better than Jawan Mitchell. And Peely is at least going to be an adult. Yes, he's an adult. Like, he's married, he's coming for one reason, and that is to try and get drafted. Which, coincidentally, is the same reason that the quarterback is coming. I mean, I think the linebacker is better than the cornerback. I just think that the cornerback is better than anything we have. Anything we had last year. He might not be better than some of these freshmen, like Jordan Matthews and Ricky Gibson. But So I think they will be better because, you know, you have Rodney Garner. Brian Jean-Marie's done a really good job so far at UT, so I think he's a pretty good coach. And I think some of the, you know, the young guys that I think um, Elijah Herring is good. Or Caleb, the one that was on the team this year, whichever one of the brothers that was on the team this year. He looked pretty good at middle linebacker, too. So, yeah. You're confident. Yeah, I am. I think the defense will be better. I mean, I'm not saying they'll be good. I think they'll be better, though, for sure. Any other basketball or football takes you want to get off your chest? I mean, yeah, it's, it's you hate to see you hate to see what's happening at Florida. Yeah. So, first of all, the pictures of this Rashada guy have to be a joke. He's so tiny. Why are they going to pay him thirteen million dollars? I'm pretty sure he's going to be twenty by the time the season starts. Like he's older too. So he's not even like a young kid that he's a developer. No, he's, just... he's an older dude. That's the other thing. He's were they older. Just, were they just that desperate to like cuck Miami? Like, are they just that desperate for a quarterback? Because he's not like it's one thing if you pay Arch Manning, if you give yeah. him a thirteen million dollar deal because he's a highly rated guy, and whether or not he's good or not, you could make the case that he could bring enough value with the name recognition, and you know if they're doing any sponsorship deals because that's what NIL is supposed to be based around. Is like, well, eventually these guys are gonna have to you know represent some brands for us and do some signings and stuff like that. Blah blah blah. Like, Arch Manning at least has a brand, a name value, a family that is synonymous with football. Nico, at least the number one quarterback in the country. This guy is 
I mean, I don't want to be mean to him, but a nobody that's ranked like sixth or seventh at quarterback who doesn't look the part, and they were going to give him $13 million? What the hell are they doing? Like, Bud Elliott of CBS Sports, he was like, look, he compared Jaden to three guys. He was like, you know, we heard that Nico got $8 million. And he was like, Jaden is not Nico, he's not Arch Manning, and he's not Trevor Lawrence. Like, what are they doing? He's like, you know, on on three, he's the number 15 overall quarterback in the nation. Now, he's seventh in their consensus. He's the number 64 overall player in their consensus. But, like, their their own rankings have him as the 15th best quarterback. And he was getting, like, um, he was getting 50% more money than Nico? And Nico's the number one player in the country? Like, the, the whole, the whole, like, Ole Miss took this guy's brother. And, like, Ole Miss got totally priced out of it. Because his family, after Nico got his $8 million, his family wanted Nico money. Like, Nico is the reason this is all happening, from my understanding. Ole Miss got totally priced out, took his brother, and have nothing to show for it now. And, you know, Florida... I, the weirdest thing to me about it all is that he still signed with Florida, even after they reneged on the deal. So that came out, the timeline's like, hey... We canceled the deal, and he went ahead and signed, or was it like, "Hey, the deal's kind of up in the air. We don't know," and he signed. So, um, take take your time. Early sign early signing day in football was like right before Christmas, right? Yeah, it was like the week of Christmas. It was Christmas week, right? Yeah. So, okay, it did because they Florida's collective or whoever Florida's collective Florida's collective has come out and said, "Look, they." facilitate third-party deals too which is so weird to me because they are the third party but anyway um the the letter was sent to his family on december 13th saying hey we're not honoring this contract a letter of termination but how can you terminate a contract i mean some contracts have the clause it's like hey if you if you alert the other party you you know you can get out of it some of them have that yeah so yeah, they sent it to him on the 13th, and he still signed. Now, he signed late on that day because Billy Napier's press conference, signing day press conference, was delayed an hour. Do we know? So he signed on, like, the 20th or whenever it was, or whatever you're yeah. saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember, like, you know, there the pictures of people signing before they actually got their fax machines and stuff. Like, didn't we have some guys at UT do that, that went ahead and signed and then, you know, waited? They signed a couple days before they had to fax it in or whatever. Yeah, they, they had, like, a little ceremony or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He signed the day that, like, the day that you could actually sign and fax it in. He did, and he faxed it in. Now he didn't do it on time, like I said, because Billy Napier is supposed to have. You know, they always have a, a signing day press conference. Like Billy Napier's got delayed an hour waiting for him to sign. They weren't going to go live without their quarterback, the linchpin of the class, not signing. They had already lost the the number one overall cornerback to Miami. Like, you know. And he finally signed, which is the weirdest thing to me. Like, why did he sign? Why did he? Why did he still sign? And then his dad and him said, like, yeah, he was going straight from the All American game, the one that's in Florida. I think it was in Tampa. He said, I'm going straight from there to Gainesville, and he did. And then he just didn't stay. He went back home. Like, I wonder if they were still leading him on, saying they're trying to get it worked out, and blah blah blah. Like, we're we're doing our best to scrounge something together. Yeah. 
Or if he just like, was shell-shocked and didn't have anywhere else to go because he had those plans and, you know, didn't didn't think, like, hey, I could just take a step back and not sign. Like, hey, this doesn't mean I'm not going to get to go to school. Although, have there been any rumors of, like, where this guy's going to end up? No, I mean, like, I, I was surprised that, like, Miami is – maybe Miami got mad at him. But Miami's quarterback entered the portal yesterday. Is he, like – just not going to school this year? like Or this, like, you know, from January to this semester, I guess? Is he just not going to school? I don't know. I don't know. Because he was done with high school, right? He's supposed to be an early yeah, enrollee. Yeah, he's an early enrollee. Are they just letting him go to high school and chill? Like, is he I mean, I would, think, I would think that the thought is he's good enough for someone to give him a waiver to get him in. Like, because, you know, just because the, the ad drop date is passed, you can still technically – start classes somewhere you just need a waiver i assume it's that but i would think it would have to be really quickly it would have to happen real quick i mean you can't do that in february so this kid's kind of just screwed this might have ruined his career yeah and florida now has no quarterback they lose out to walker howard you know they lose out to old miss for him they also lose out to old miss for spencer sanders the crazy thing is that like walker howard didn't even consider florida like if you was if there was one transfer quarterback, you would think they could they could have traction with it would be the guy from Louisiana that Billy Napier has this years long relationship with. And he do we know if Billy Napier had a relationship with him? I mean, I can't imagine Billy was recruiting him too hard at Louisiana. I read that he did. I read that he did. Okay. Um, but somebody on Florida staff from all those years of working in Louisiana has a relationship with Walker Howard. Because he brought a ton of people over with him from Lafayette. Mm -hmm. And they have a relationship with him, and Florida needs a starting quarterback, and this guy was a, was a five-star last year. Well, maybe he knows that he's a Sunbelt coach. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's like, I'm not talking to these guys. They're from Louisiana, Lafayette. They used to recruit me to try to go to that small school. I don't, I'm not giving them a chance. Who knows? It was very weird. Maybe he would want to do over if he knew Spencer Sanders was going to come from Oklahoma State to Ole Miss as well. I think Jackson Dart's transferring, right? I mean, surely, surely he sees the writing on the wall. If if Kip is bringing in two quarterbacks, like, does Jackson Dart just end up at Florida, or they're just like, hey, Graham Mertz is our guy? Yeah, the issue with Howard wasn't sitting the bench. The issue was that he was totally fine waiting for Jaden Daniels to leave. The issue was that Garrett Nussmeyer is one year ahead of him and is, like, firmly entrenched as the backup, and Brian Kelly likes him a lot. So Walker Howard is the third string with no conceivable path to the field except to wait for Garrett Nussmeyer to leave, who was a redshirt freshman this past year. Like Walker Howard didn't mind waiting his chance. He just didn't want to have to wait until he was a senior to play. But I don't really know why Spencer Sanders went to Ole Miss. Like, why didn't he go to Auburn? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm glad, I'm glad that Florida is in the mud. I'm glad that they are stuck. They seem to be beneath us at this point. That game, we should go in there as probably you know six or seven point favorites at least. At least, at least, at least. Tennessee is a lot better than Florida is. It is a must-win game for Josh Heupel. Florida lost their two best players, and... <clears throat> They, you know, they, <clears throat> they didn't really, 
replace the quarterback who, I mean, the quarterback was up and down, but you couldn't deny that Anthony Richardson could be dynamic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was, he carried them. I mean, they weren't very good, but he carried them. Yeah, Tennessee's a lot better in Florida. I, I really, I, I hope that, like, Rashada goes on record and, and talks about it, because I would like to know, like, what exactly all happened. I'm imagining they're not ever going to do that. I, I would think that Florida would give him a settlement and let him out of the LOI and as long as he signs an NDA, right? I would imagine that's what's going to happen. Although I believe I saw last night that they already let him out of his LOI. Yeah. So I don't know. But I would think they're like, hey, we can't go on record here. Don't do that. And maybe I, I would imagine that he won't want to do that either. He'll probably just want to move on. But if he doesn't get anywhere near the money he was promised from anywhere else, because like, he's just going to be lucky to find a spot at this point. Much less find a spot that's going to give him millions of dollars. Like he, he should want to bring the hammer down on them. Imagine going from thinking you made thirteen million dollars, Seth, to like getting nothing. I know. To not having a school. They didn't even give him the signing bonus. I think, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't read. I just know they canceled the, the deal. I don't even think they gave him the signing bonus. I think they reneged on the on the, on the bonus too. I don't think he got anything. That's something that could sink Florida. And it should have been like I. I it's not, okay, it's not his fault. None of this is his fault. It's not his fault that Florida pay, didn't pay. I'm not saying that. But at some point, what are his parents thinking? $13 million? When the other guy in California got eight? Did How does that not just seem way too good to be true? But then again, in their defense, they... Florida gave him a contract, so how do you, I mean. You just keep asking for more and more, and they just keep saying yes, so I mean, like you're th you think you hit the jackpot. When in reality, I mean, well, they were also very open about they were basically just going to the highest bidder, right? I mean, Yes, the whole time. Everyone knew that about Rashada. He was going to whoever gave him the most money. I, I think sometimes, what's the saying? One in the hands worth two in the bush? Yeah. I think I'd rather take the eight or nine million dollars that Miami offered because John Ruiz is a billionaire and I know he could pay it. I think maybe I should have just take it that deal rather than trying to get more from somebody that you didn't find to be very reliable. I also think taking eight million and going to a school that you like is worth it. Is worth it instead of going to to just whoever gives you thirteen million, especially if you don't even get the thirteen million. Yeah, like what a disaster. You talk about going and getting thirteen million to play at Miami. Yeah, I'd take thirteen million. But dude, that sucks. Mario Cristobal sucks. Imagine going playing quarterback for him. He made Justin Herbert look average at Oregon. Like that's a caveman offense. Why would you ever want to play that as a quarterback? That's the only money you're gonna make. I don't know. Everybody always blames the coaches when it comes to Justin Herbert. It's just something I've noticed. It's always the coach's fault. Okay, okay. I, Oregon's offense should have been better. Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal sucks at offense. Just look at what. Yeah, I know. I'm just talking about the Chargers too. Miami did. Yeah. With no, Tyler I'm, Van. I mean, I'm just, just about abysmal. The yeah. They've been talking about Brandon Staley and. Well, Joe Lombardi Anthony sucked, Lynn right? And, well, it's Anthony Lynn first, and then it's just no. They were not. I, 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 you know, I will not take any Anthony Lynn slander. Yeah, it's just always somebody else. Never mind the fact Herbert was missing wide open passes in the third and fourth quarter and scored, you know, just what, a field goal? 
Never mind that. It's the, it's the coach's fault. Anyway. The, ch- the Chargers deserve to lose for firing Anthony Lynn. That's why the 49ers keep winning is because they hired Anthony Lynn. The Gramco is a presenting sponsor of Reed's Ranch. What is the Gramco? Well, it is your go-to destination for all your Delta 8 needs. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products and merchandise, including wake-and-bake Delta 8 coffee, Delta 8 disposable vapes, Delta 8 gummies, the fruit punch is my favorite, and Delta 8 quick mix, pre-rolls, and my favorite, hard candies, some big orange hard candies. Go to the gramco.com browser selection. Use the promo code BALLS25 for 25% off your order. And then you get free standard shipping for orders over $50. And that shipping is quick and discreet. Must be 21 or older. Gramco offers you an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. TheGramco.com. TheGramco.com. Let's get us some Patreon questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Need to plan an axe-throwing event soon. We need to... Uh, I don't know if we're doing anything for basketball. We don't really do any tailgates for basketball. I won't be at the SEC Championship. I'm going to see Adele that weekend, so I won't be there for the that. The good news is... the good. I will say this about basketball. The good news is, is that there are two locations in the Southeast that first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Tennessee will be at one of them. We will have a get-together... Whatever that. So there's a really good is. chance. There's a really good chance that you know we could do something there, either in Greenville or uh, or Greensboro, one of those two, and then Birmingham's the other. And then we're prepping for Gainesville Gatorgate as we take over Gainesville when we go down there and whip their ass. No new patrons. Nobody loves us. Patreon.com/slash/reedsranch. Let's get to some questions. Uh, brother Dylan asked, "Best concert you've ever been to?" Um. I really enjoyed the uh, Jay-Z Kanye concert I went to. Just two legends. Watch the throne. That was pretty good. All of my answers would probably be Kanye. Like all three of the concerts I saw his, they were all pretty good. Yeah. Guy takes production very seriously with the stage and the way the songs flow into each other, the energy. I would say those would be the uh, my favorite. I saw... Um... Jason Isbell, Patterson Hood, and Mike Cooley do a reunion charity concert in uh, Florence, Alabama at the Shoals Theater in 2014. It was the first time they had ever played a concert together in total. Like, Isbell had made, like, one guest appearance for the Drive-By Trucker since he had gotten kicked out of the band, but this was a full concert um, for somebody they all knew, charity. It was sold out. Um that's the best concert I've ever been to, for sure. It was amazing. Um, second best concert I've ever been to was actually the same place I saw Jason Isbell with a guy nobody had ever heard of open for him named Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson had not even released his first album yet, I don't believe. And Sturgill was incredible. And that's how I heard about Sturgill Simpson. That was like 2012, 2013, somewhere around then. That's pretty cool. It was cool. It was cool. Uh, Brother Brett asks, what's your go-to dance move in any situation for you, John? Well, you can't go wrong with just a very simple two-step. I mean, if you're out like on a dance floor, anyone truly to God could feel the beat and just take two steps to the right or two steps to the left. You know what I mean? Or just, uh, you know, stay in motion. But I prefer to throw some hands in with. So just the hands over your head move is kind of my go-to. 
If okay. it's a really loud, like upbeat song, you gotta get a little bit more, and you gotta hop around on one foot every now and then. But it's uh, it's all in the arms. It's all in the arms. What's your go-to dance move? A lot of people don't understand that it's all in the arms. It's all in the arms. Um, yeah, the little two-step, a little cha-cha slide, like you said. Yeah, like like Biggie said, throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. So you just throw your hands up and just bob a little bit. That's it. That's all you gotta do. Brother CB asks. Has Danny priced out the fans so much that TBA doesn't have the advantage it used to? I don't think it has anything to do with the price. I just think we have bad basketball fans sometimes. And also, like, you know, I was I was mad on Saturday when we lost to Kentucky and I talked about how bad the fans were. I did think the fans were bad. But I also think that, like, Tennessee couldn't give them really anything to cheer for. Like, we never could go on a run. So, like, it was, the place couldn't explode. It was kind of like inside Neyland Stadium this year against Florida. I thought the fans were a little lackluster against Florida, but I thought it was because every third and fourth down, we couldn't stop Florida. They just kept picking up first downs. We never really had a chance to explode. That's kind of what I thought. I don't think it's a price issue. Although I did see Brother CB at the game, and we were both pretty upset at how quiet it was. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I wasn't there. I just got the feeling that the fans, it was exactly like that Florida game. Yeah. Honestly, like, I, I don't know if we have – I go back and forth of, like, whether or not we have smart basketball fans that, like, know when to cheer. Because I feel like sometimes we don't have smart baseball fans. I feel the same way when I'm inside Lindsey Nelson. Fans don't really bring a lot of noise too often. Even, like, when there's two strikes, they don't bring a lot of noise a lot of times. They kind of just wait for, you know, us to score. They don't really get pumped when we have two strikes and we're trying to close an inning. Was it a total sellout Saturday? Uh, I don't know, actually. I know there were some when I looked, because I bought a single ticket in the lower level. There were a couple singles in some lower level sections, so I doubt it actually got all the way to a sellout, honestly. So, I think Tennessee has great fans. I think that they probably aren't the smartest, and I don't mean that like they're dumb people. I just mean like Tennessee's a football school kind of thing. Like so, with ba- baseball, baseball's so new to being good at. Of course, you're not going to be like Mississippi State and LSU fans. Yeah, well, I think a little bit of basketball too. Like I don't know if people, I, I don't know, I don't know what it is. But I go back. Maybe it was just a bad game. Like I said, that it was a noon tip, and we got off to a sluggish start, and the refs kept taking us out of rhythm because. I thought our basketball crowds were good last year against, like, Auburn, Kentucky, and Arkansas. I thought, you know, people brought it, you know, pretty much all 40 minutes. My my feeling from watching the game Saturday was that it was pretty much entirely the Florida game in football. Now, I think that they probably aren't the smartest fans in basketball as compared to, like, football or whatever. I was going to say I kind of wish they would – I kind of wish you played in somewhere that was, like, 5,000 seats smaller. I, I know what you mean, but I think just whenever there are like genuinely big games, the 21,000 is pretty cool. It's amazing. It is amazing. You're right. You're right. So I like having that option to, to be able to, you know, put 21,000 in there because it does sell out for the big games. Yeah, I, I don't. So, I mean, I have- Alabama's going to be awesome. It's a sellout. I saw there's some, like, I got an email about they're doing like 21% off of some of the tickets because we have. I think Georgia and the Arkansas game still have some tickets available. But Alabama sold out. Like, that'll be a good one, and Auburn will be a good one. Hopefully the team can give them something to cheer for. Yeah. Yeah. Have the prices gotten a lot higher? 
I mean, or is this a, just that? Yeah, I mean, the is price, it that season ticket thing he did? Yeah, the season ticket thing in basketball. I mean, like for a lower level season tickets, they were going to be like fifteen hundred dollars a piece, which I thought was pretty crazy. Um, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Fifteen hundred dollars a piece for yeah. basketball season tickets. Yeah, for lower levels. Because I looked into it, and it was going to be basically a hundred dollars a game, and that was counting like the exhibition or like you know the the bought games that weren't very good at the beginning. So like face value for the Kentucky game was $130 lower level. Okay. I, I sit in the lower level in Neyland and like, I'm not in the end zone. I'm not behind a field goal post, but I'm not at the 50 yard line either. And I pay $1,200 a year. That's what I'm saying. Why is it more expensive for basketball? That's absurd. And these are like corner, like corner seats too. It wasn't like you're like, you know, best of the best. Yeah. Cause I looked at them last year. Cause like I looked down this year, you know, cause I, we were good last year and I wanted to have tickets for it. And I wanted to support the boys. I got baseball tickets. I really like my baseball tickets. Comparison's sake, baseball tickets are $200 a piece. And I got great seats there and there's more games and you get postseason at home. Like, baseball season tickets are worth it just for the chance that you host a regional. Correct. Correct. 1,000% sure. So you can get them for face value. Like, I mean, I got to buy the face value tickets, you know, for the, you know, four seats for everything last year. Super regionals, everything. Yeah, I mean, like. Basketball doesn't offer you that. Like, and now that I think about it, my season tickets for football aren't even that much anymore because he changed it. That's what it used to be. be $600. Yeah, it was like $700 something. $700 or $800. Something like that. I think it was seven hundred something. But I did did like when I had to pay the twelve hundred, just because like we got priority for SEC tournament and basketball and the NCAA tournament and basketball, and now we don't. But that's fine too. I just liked having that in the in the back pocket as well. But I also like paying less. I like that more. Fifteen hundred dollars is too much. Well, I mean, there are, there are, there are only sixteen home games this year. That's crazy, man. So like that's ninety four dollars a ticket, and like. Of those home games, you have Austin P, Eastern Kentucky, Alcorn State, McNeese, and Florida Gulf Coast and Tennessee Tech. So, like, you have 10. You have nine SEC games in Texas. That's the only home games you got. So, like, you have nine games you care about. And they were $1,500. Yeah, that's a massive. That's that's getting fleeced. Danny's fleecing. Danny's fleecing the common fan. That's essentially $167 per ticket that matters. If you say you have nine games you care about. For basketball. I mean, no offense, but it ain't football. It ain't Hendon Hooker. Well, I guess 10 games, so it'd be $150 a piece. Because Texas this year. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it, it it was crazy. I was shocked. But there were only a couple of season tickets remaining, so people bought it. So now go back, going back to CB's question, who bought them? Someone like me who would bring the ruckus or, you know, someone – in a different tax bracket that just wants to go and enjoy the game with either his kids or his grandkids or his wife or who knows. That's not going to bring the ruckus. So, yeah, like, I don't know if I would say people have been outpriced, but it's expensive. But everything's expensive these days. It is. It's true. I mean, just getting groceries is expensive. Yeah. Is that ever going to change or are we past the point of return? Uh, So I think that I came to the conclusion, like, last year, I guess, that it's never going back to how it was. Like, life is never going to go back to how it was before COVID. I just assume that whenever people get used to paying higher prices, the prices are never going lower. 
yeah, like I think that I think that America is always going to have supply chain issues. Now I think that it's just never going to go back to how it was before COVID, because people realize, like companies and corporations realize that they can, you know, not do what they were doing, and it's not going to affect their bottom line that much. That's just my that's just my feeling. That's just my feeling. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. was really right when he talked about capitalism. Like my feeling is that it's never going back to how it was. Now I don't know that like eggs and beans are going to be sky high in perpetuity. Surely not. But beans, beans are high. I thought so. Yeah, I thought like beans were really high last year. In total, who the hell can't live without beans? I, I get if people need eggs, but cut beans out. Make them make them lower their price, dude. I think if you're like poor, like beans are like a cheap option with a lot of protein. And well, I'm just saying if they're not cheap anymore. Yeah, I know. And then they like went sky high. They like went up big. I'd say eggs are probably the same way. I mean, those are yeah, eggs went up big time. Yeah. Damn. Then, like, if you if you you know if you're really like if you are trying to never eat out, imagine what what are you gonna do when eggs get too much? Like, you need eggs for everything. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Brother Bob, he would like to know: Do you want Lamar Jackson in two tone blue? Who asked that? Brother Bob McRib. Oh, congrats, congratulations to Brother Bob on his wedding. Yep. I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I know he kind of mentioned he was getting married. The next thing I know is his wedding day. I was like, what the hell's happening? You know, every time I'd, I feel like I'd asked him in person, like every time I'd seen him when you're getting married. And he's told me like probably, I feel like he's told me five different times when he's getting married. And then when he told me it was last weekend, I was like, oh, it's here already? But that's on me. Huge congrats, him and his lovely bride. She's a great girl. I hung out with them last year for the Hawks game. Congrats to them. Do I want Lamar Jackson? Um, It depends on the price tag. It depends on the price tag. I I, I said it last podcast. I haven't really changed my, my tune. I don't know what I want the Titans to do. Are you concerned about his injury history? Lamar's? Yeah. I mean, I would be concerned about paying a big premium of draft capital and then giving him like a fully guaranteed contract like he wants. Yeah, I would be concerned about that. He's not a free, I thought he was a free agent. No, I mean like he he is, but in the NFL like they they don't let quarterbacks go. They'll franchise tag him. So like you'll, you'll, they'll be trading him. Okay. He would okay. not be walking away for nothing. Okay. So you'd have to trade something. You'd be giving up at least like two first round picks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Would I rather buy low and maybe try to trade for Trey Lance since we just hired, you know, a GM from San Francisco? Whenever that happened, Trey Lance tweeted or um, uh, Instagrammed his picture with some fingers crossed emojis. So maybe he's like, hey, come get me. Would I buy low on Trey Lance? Maybe. Do I just want to run it back with Tannehill? Maybe. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. I would take Lamar. I just think the price tag would be too steep. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if I'm Lamar, I definitely want what other quarterbacks are getting, and rightfully he thinks he deserves it. I mean, like he's won MVP, he's been amazing or whatever, but then it's like he's he's missed five games each of the last two years, right? Yeah, yeah, and this year I don't know. He says his knee was still swollen. I I think he just didn't play because they they didn't pay him. That's what I think, but. Yeah. I don't know. The guaranteed money for a running quarterback is, is scary. The guaranteed money on any quarterback is scary. 
the three quarterbacks who signed big deals, I mean, this offseason, Aaron Rodgers, back on his bullshit, acting like he'll retire. I'd be so annoyed if I was a Packers fan. We had to deal with Brett Favre shit for four years. So his contract is guaranteed? Yeah, like Rodgers got a guaranteed contract. Even if he retires. <clears throat> no, like if you retire. Okay, okay, okay. that's what I thought. I don't, I don't know how it works, but I'm just saying like they gave him a big-ass contract and he wasn't very good this year and now he's holding him hostage. Denver gave Russell Wilson a big contract with a lot of guaranteed. He was terrible. Kyler Murray got a huge guaranteed contract. He was terrible. Deshaun Watson got fully guaranteed, and he was terrible. So, like, I, if I gave Lamar Jackson $250 million all guaranteed, I'd be pretty nervous. I think he's better than all those guys at this yeah, point. Yeah, for sure, you know, for Rogers, sure. You know, Rodgers was great in his prime, and even, you know, a couple years ago. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's just the whole Ravens thing is so weird to me. Like, why do they never give him any wide receivers? They tried to draft Bateman in the first round, and he was pretty good at the beginning of the year. Then he got hurt. But, the, yeah, then their solution was, well, we'll bring in Deshaun Jackson for a little bit, and then we're going to cut him and sign Sammy Watkins. Here you go, Lamar. Good luck. And, oh, yeah, you got big Mark Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be cool to see Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry in the backfield together. Yeah, I don't know if Derrick Henry would work that well in like a read option type of thing, though. Like that makes Lamar the most effective. So yeah, you're know. right. You're right there. Yeah, I could see that too. But you know, Vrabel likes to run the ball, so you know Lamar can come out here and run the ball a little bit. But so could Trey Lance. So I don't know. I don't know what I want. I like Lamar. I'd be cool if he was my quarterback. But again, the price tag is going to be too much. Brother West Tennessee Ben asks if Florida paid that quarterback that money just to be able to say they were paying a player, $13 million NIL deal. I don't think so because that didn't come out until, you know, the Orlando Sentinel. Well, I also think it'd be very dumb. Like, why create friction inside your locker room? Like, $13 million is steep. Like, I worry how people are going to respond to Nico. And they, it hasn't even been confirmed that he's the $8 million man. It's just everyone kind of accepts that he is. How's that going to play in a locker room this year? Whenever he's on, if he's on the bench behind Joe, how's he going to play if he you know, plays and isn't very good? I'm very interested in how that shakes out. So I wouldn't want to be paying a quarterback thirteen million dollars because then you got to pay everybody millions of dollars. Yeah, I just feel like if I was maybe not if I'm Graham Mertz, but if I'm any other quarterback on that roster, and I only know of Jack Miller, but when I hear that the guy coming in is getting thirteen million dollars, I'm out the door because the guy making thirteen million dollars isn't going to sit the bench. Well, that's what happened in Colorado, right? Like, I mean, Shador Sanders got there and every Colorado quarterback transferred. Yeah, Dion in this opening, when Dion met the team, he had a son with him. And he said, here's your starting quarterback next year. I mean, what are they supposed to do? I know, but all three have transferred. I mean, it's like the portal has made building depth impossible. It's made building quarterback depth impossible. It will never happen again. Like, Austin Price or Brent Hubbs won, or Rob Lewis, I don't know which one it was, said, like, there will never be another quarterback like Joe Milton. Last year, I'd say that's probably correct. I, 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 yeah, like it's made it's it's rendered building quarterback depth totally impossible. I would say that most teams will be starting a new quarterback at the beginning of every year, unless they get lucky and have a sophomore that can really play. That way, they can have a sophomore and junior. But chances are, most schools are going to be starting a junior or senior. He's going to leave, and then they'll be bringing another guy in from the transfer portal. Yeah, it's like you're going to do the transfer portal thing until you actually hit it big on one of the freshmen. Yeah. So, like, if Nico starts as a sophomore, 
Like you'll get lucky, kind of like you know C.J. Stroud. You know, he plays for two years. Bryce Young plays for yep. two years. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. Otherwise, you're going to be spinning the wheel. Oh uh, yeah, like Ole Miss is just going to like it's like Brooks said the day. Ole Miss does. Uh, Lane Kiffin doesn't even try to recruit high school players anymore. It's the craziest thing. He's like just recruiting the portal, man. The problem is a lot of the guys that hit the portal ain't very good. Exactly. Exactly. I agree totally. They're hitting the portal for a reason. And they're all going to be wanting to be paid, too. But anyways, anything else? That's all I got. I love you. I love you. And that's not gay for me to say if anybody's dad out there is listening. And it's not gay to go to a Dell concert either. Okay? It's not gay to watch Magic Mike. I like Channing Tatum. I find Channing Tatum to be very funny. Yeah! handsome. I love y'all. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Don't you dare run from it, there's no boogeyman It ain't coming to hurt you, I think acceptance is somewhat of a virtue To look your truth dead in the face without trying to escape the regret or disgrace I write these words aimlessly, but not without hope That somehow I'll stumble on something that's dope A clever little line, a thought to provoke myself in that listener digging for quotes Hello I don't even know if somebody gonna hear this Got so many songs they get lost in the endless folders of the hard drive I wish I was more fearless Cause I just say fuck it and dump all the music for niggas that hate it And niggas that use it as fuel to push them through long nights at school Writing that last minute paper for class that's due in the morning And I still relate to that procrastination for tasks Cause I need to finish this album But hell, how many more times can I sit in this wooden pail Down in that well and pull it back up with the hope that it's filled Plus it don't help that I'm rich now So that means that I don't gotta deal With stress of these creditors calling my cellular Like that young rapper that don't got a deal But do got the skill and do got the will To make it no matter how long that it takes For labels to see or a song that'll break And the rest of the world to catch on that he's great uh. How do you tap in the hunger when you don't got wonder about where your next meal is coming from? Maybe you feel my conundrum, or maybe the real is I'm so um far removed from the struggles of everyday folks. My shit just ain't never gonna hit like it hit when a nigga was a little more closer to broke. broke. Uh, but fuck it, the challenge be having me stoked. Throwing the talent, you gotta be joking. I push my salary up with these quotes. Now. I push the Lambo truck down in the veil, hoping I connect with something that's real. Part of me wonders why I'm even still. Uh, holding on to this place, my mama been gone and my partners are straight. Right? Right.